0: Welcome to a ride on the outside. MMA is full of
1: people on the inside, but what about the ones that watch from beyond? Welcome to the MMA Outsiders with Tom Albano and Zan Bando on the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. Ah uh, yes, the MMA Outsiders, as you said, Zan, back in your life. Welcome everyone to episode 27 of the MMA Outsiders. I'm Tom Albano, that's Zan Bando, as we're here every week. And Zan, you've got a lot we gotta get through in terms of news items, which is uh, quite the comparison compared to last week, which was a basically a full recap show, and then we've got... Three big cards this weekend. Three big cards on Saturday, which we got to talk about ourselves. Uh, before we get anywhere, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell. so That way you get notified of everything here at the Empty the Bench Network, including the MMA Outsiders, including Empty the Bench, Game On, Fruity Serial, so much more. Make sure to follow us across social media at MMA Outsiders ETB, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure to Follow the network, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ETV Network. Make sure to subscribe, youtube.com slash C slash ETB Network. You can follow Zan at Zanbano99 on Twitter. You can find his work over at BJPen.com. On Tom Albano. you can find my work over at FansideMA. You can find me on Twitter at Thomas Shay Albano. Tom talks Sports9. All right. Zan, let's get right into things. So before we get into the big triple header car we've got on Saturday. Let's focus on, as I mentioned, last week we didn't have a lot of news. This week, we've got a lot of news. Let's jump right into things. We've got Conor McGregor back in the news, because of course we do. We will have Conor McGregor in the news throughout this year, considering he is the head, one of the head coaches for the Ultimate Fighters Season 31, alongside Michael Chandler. And Conor McGregor made headlines for the past week, Stan that supposedly he played a hand in the removal of certain fighters from the Ultimate Fighter 31.
0: Yeah, um this is very interesting. I do want to correct you just slightly really, really quick. You did mention before we get into the big triple letter previews that as far as I can recall, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury is not on Saturday, it's on Sunday. It, this week, in fact, I could be I could be wrong, but last I I thought it was a Sunday card, just given where the fight is taking place. But anyway, back to the Conor McGregor story. Um, yeah, this is definitely very interesting. This is a very Conor-like thing. Uh, I think you can only say that about Conor McGregor and uh, not any other fighter in the sport. Um, I think it just goes to show that he wants the balance of power. He wants total control of his athletes and the guys that he's bringing in to you know make it really a pro conor mcgregor team and this is not this is not a surprise and truly what it is is if this ends up being remotely true it's a slap in the face to all the fighters who really did feel like they earned their opportunity and now they may not even get a chance to compete on the show or they might threaten to move to uh to to team chamber and to try to go against their old both of you will, I don't know if that's going to be what they're thinking of doing, but it's it's very well possible, and it's a total bummer that this is happening because you know it's about team versus team. That's the concept of the show, and when they're not in unison as a team, it's it's going to create a a bad vibe. So that's my take on that.
1: I do apologize, by the way. You are correct, San. It is uh, Fury versus Paul is on a Sunday, not a not Saturday, which is really bizarre. Uh, given that the fight is also taking place over in uh, over in the Middle East, uh, but anyways, going to this story. So it was actually Daniel Rubenstein who caused the raising of eyebrows when he noted uh, because MMA Orbit had posted the list of contestants for Tough Thirty One. Which, by the way, I do like the concept that they are going with the veterans versus prospects kind of uh feel to it. Um, However, as I mentioned, Rubenstein uh, raised some eyebrows when he posted in response to that tweet from MMA Orbit that Ken Cross, Mitch Ramirez, and Brandon Jenkins were pulled from the show, allegedly by Conor McGregor, to make room for some of his uh, fighters. You had Gilbert Burns and Chris Curtis also kind of weighing in, and McGregor actually posted a tweet he, he did one of his classic tweet and deletes in which he told uh, Curtis, quote, well, not true. I only know one guy on this show, and he put himself forward for it, and he is now, after today, set to fight the number one seed. I didn't ask nor request nothing, and I certainly didn't have people removed. I'm just trying to get back in the mix myself, so bleep off. Uh, as I mentioned, Connor deleted that tweet. Then came Zan, that Instagram post, where in the caption, he, quote, uh, basically took a quote from the Simpsons, and basically (laughs) mentioned that, you know, the three guys, like, they were out, you know, that guys were out, that one had a lot of hustle, which made it hard to cut. Um, Zan, I agree with you. I think if this is true... It is an absolute slap in the face to fighters. And it makes me kind of say, you know, who the bleep is Conor McGregor? Who does he think he is to just have this influence and pull fighters on the show? I know what the answer to that is, is that he's Conor McGregor. He is the UFC's ultimate cash cow. So basically, whatever he says goes. And it's like, yes, but at the same time, as Conor even said in that tweet and delete, we haven't seen Conor McGregor in the cage in two years. He hasn't been relevant in this sport for all of 2022. So, you know, why should he have any say?
0: I would take it a step further and say he has not been relevant in this sport in maybe five years.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's one way to look at it. That is one way to look at it. I think, I think Zan. I don't know if I can go that harsh because ultimately, Connor versus Poirier two and three both did exceed a million buys. Connor has proven that he can still.
0: No, I game. know, I know. I'm relevant in the sense of he's not winning the fights that you know you would think or that the UFC would hope that he would win and that kind of that kind of thing. Um, okay, that
1: that is not, fair. Not Although... in terms,
0: of, not in terms of the paper buys the pay-per-view buys are totally separate from uh from uh what I'm trying to claim if you if you will.
1: You're right, you're right. Uh that could all change uh this coming uh year if Connor McGregor and Michael Chandler have their coaches fight and McGregor ends up winning. Do I think that's gonna happen? Absolutely not but you know what's gonna happen Zan if he does. They're gonna elevate Connor to a championship fight right away.
0: Uh yeah, which I guess leads us into our next topic of the uh of the real potential possibility of a shake up bit of a shake up uh, lightweight. It seems like um Islam Makachev's family, more specifically his mom, is telling him um to uh I quote wrap up his MMA career. Uh Makachev did an interview with the UFC Russia outlet and basically just said, you know after I won the title family members were around me and they pretty much said you're the champ. Now it's time to hang it up. You know, you just came off the win over Alexander Roganowski um, in a very competitive fight, a fight that a lot of people thought he lost, um, you know, and we addressed that all of, or for a good chunk of uh, last week's show that it was not a robbery. If you want to go listen to that, you can listen to last week's episode where we give a, Master class on what a robbery actually is versus what it was not.
1: I think uh, I think uh, our buddy Nick Morgeson actually posted a YouTube short of us, you know, part of the uh, part of that conversation as well.
0: Uh, yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Um, but I will say this: this isn't the first time we've seen this. Uh, Khabib's uh, family got very much involved in his retirement talks. He was told not to fight anymore um after his dad passed away and uh, his uh his mom told him very specifically to step aside and he did and he's now done his own thing from being an MMA coach to now, you know, just being post retirement could this would be a travesty in my opinion to retired now just because he's literally at the top of the sport. You could say he's number one pound for pound in the world right now. Some say that he's number two pound for pound. Whichever way you wise and dice it, he is number one or number two in the world. And I think he's at the height of his career right now. Personally, Tom, I don't know about you, but I think at the moment with the amount of infrequent damage that Makachev has taken throughout his UFC career, that it would be a mistake for him to retire this early. What, what do you think?
1: I agree. As you mentioned, Khabib had retired. Uh, following his win over Justin Gaethje. It was the only fight he had fought after his dad's death and then lived up to the promise that he had made to his mom about retiring. Um, And as it would turn out, not only is he now no longer in MMA as an active competitor, but as of the end of 2022, Khabib Nurmagomedov is no longer even a coach in this sport. He is completely gone from mixed martial arts which I thought, Zan was a complete travesty already. The fact that Khabib had retired so soon. You know, you respect the family values, and I respect, you know, family values and as a man, holding those family values and holding a promise. But at the same time, it is kind of devastating that Khabib Nurmagomedov, who was at one point looked at as the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, an undefeated MMA champion, that all of a sudden his career was just gone like that without some of the fights that, you know, could have happened. Because you think about all these fights that could have been. But then he goes on and he be, becomes Coach Khabib and ends up coaching Islam Makhachev, his protege, to a championship. And then he just completely steps away from the spotlight. And now seeing parallels here, uh, taking from the article that was written by one of our good friends, Drake Riggs over at Definitely. MMA Fighting, who, Absolutely. Who, who basically quoted and translated the interview between uh, Islam and the people over at UFC Russia, saying, quote, my mother doesn't watch fights, not just my fights, fights in general. She doesn't like seeing people hit each other. And then where you kind of refer, when I came home after winning the title, there were a lot of people there. And she said, quote, you're champion now. Wrap it up. Khabib listened to his mother. When will you listen to yours? And I mean... There is that motherly love, you know, Uh, and again, the family values I would respect. But at the same time, as we kind of alluded to, Zan, there would be just this whole kind of shakeup because we had just talked about, Zan, that with Islam Makachev at the top of the lightweight rankings and holding off uh, Alexander Volkanovsky last weekend, I mean, pardon me, uh, two weekends ago. You were going to have, you know, some fresh matchups at 155. You had the possibility of Islam Makachev versus Dustin Poirier, as I mentioned last week. You had Islam versus the winner of Oliveira Dariush, which we'll talk about in just a little while. Um, Makachev and Gage, the winner of Gaethje Viziev, whether it be Gagey, you know, getting another shot at lightweight gold, or whether it be Viziev getting his first crack at UFC lightweight gold. Islam Makashev versus Michael Chandler. And as much as I don't want to say it, but considering we just talked about it in the last segment, Islam Akashev versus Conor McGregor, Conor taking on the protege of his most hated rival. All yeah, those. He,
0: yeah,
1: and, and, now all, and now they could all go away if, if what happens is true. And within the next year, Islam retires from the sport because his family doesn't want him to compete anymore.
0: Yeah, it's all very interesting to think about, but uh, you already know uh, whose dream that would be a for retired because then it opens the door for a potential Conor McGregor undeserving title shot against whoever the number one contender is at that point for a vacant title. I mean, it would just be the perfect storm um, in terms of like him getting back to the title. And I don't want to accuse him of cheating, but it would basically be... Conor McGregor cheating his way back to a title shot if Makhachev, um ends up retiring from the sport, which I think is even funnier.
1: I mean, it's funny, but it's not ha ha funny. It's I want to put my I want to put my uh, hand into a fist and grab you know one of those uh, stress toys and just hold it and hold it until the head pops off because it's like here we go again with this.
0: That's for sure, but hey, it wouldn't be the Conor McGregor business without a little bit of controversy, right?
1: Sam, what's next? Are we going to see Conor McGregor make an appearance in uh, Power Slot? No, I... Not to to fight, not to fight,
0: just to say hello. Well, no, I don't think that would ever happen, but uh,
1: never never say never. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it, it would be an absolute travesty if Islam Makhachev were to retire so soon. Like I said, there's a lot of fights that are still on the table. Hell, San, I didn't even mention Islam Makhachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky is an early fight of the year contender. What if we got a rematch between those two? I don't want to lose that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Although I don't think it would be right away, it would be a good... uh fight mid fall perhaps
1: oh I don't want it right away i want I want Volkanovski, as I mentioned last week, I want Volkanovski to fight yair rodriguez. I want yeah. that fight I think that will be fireworks, and I want Islam to defend against an actual lightweight, be it Poye or be it the winner of Dariush versus um oliveira or be it um the winner Tom,
0: of see so, 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 so you don't want you don't want your worst nightmare to come true when. Conor McGregor beats Michael Chandler in September and, and fights Islam Makachev
1: for the title at Madison Square you don't, It's not want- happening. Michael Chandler is not losing to Conor McGregor. <laughs> you,
0: don't want to, you don't want to see that, do you?
1: No. But again, Michael Chandler is not losing to Conor McGregor. Already calling it now. We're gonna have an "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" style graphic comes September, where it says Conor McGregor beats Michael Chandler.
0: So, so, so if he, so if he loses, um, well, now we have to, now we, have to, now we have to do this. So if he, uh, if freezing cold
1: takes high.
0: What are you going to have to? What are you gonna have, have to pay up with? That's
1: my, that's I, my oh, server. I'm not doing that. Uh, being on freezing cold takes is already going to be bad enough.
0: All right, all right. I just had to. I just. To, <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. Just like how Just wake like Jake Paul and Tyron What did we do the tattoo thing? I just. I had to. I had okay, it's
1: bad out. enough. We have to talk about Jake Paul too today. This episode is my worst nightmare.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly, it certainly is, and it's a, and it's an entertainment hotbed for yours truly over here. He loves it.
1: <laughs> okay, this is not, by the way, the only Islam story we have to talk about. No. We do well, also have to mention a little update to the whole story we talked about last week: the accusations of Islam Makashet potentially using an IV after his weight cut to rehydrate, which. We had a whole controversy. All of a sudden, Zan, everybody is a commissioner ex. uh, I mean, a fight commission expert, trying about you know what's allowed and what's not allowed under the uh, circumstances of an IV. We had a statement from the Australian Commission, which basically said that there was no credible evidence, actually. We had the one one statement from the Australian Commission, San, and then we have another statement from the Golden Snitch himself, Jeff Nowitzki.
0: Yeah, and you know when the Golden Snitch uh, speaks, it's uh, it's probably it's probably true.
1: So yeah, uh, so here's the statement from Western Australia Combat Sport Commission Chair Bob. I believe it's pronounced Cusera. Um, The commission has no conclusive evidence that any athlete at the UFC 284 event held at RAC arena has breached WADA or the commission's policies. WADA being of course the world anti-doping agency. Uh, The commission has not received a complaint relating to any athlete at the UFC 284 event held at RAC arena. The commission invites anyone with any relevant information to contact us. So interestingly, despite hooker, um, complaining on social media, and despite Volkanovsky making a little reference to it during his interview with Helwani, there was no formal complaint issued to the commission. Um, Jeff Nowitzki, his the Senior VP of Athlete Health and Performance for the UFC, here's his quote, which he actually said to Brendan Fitzgerald. I think the Australian Commission put out a statement last night saying there was no credible evidence of him violating any of their rules. I say last night because it came out the day after that uh, commission talk. Any commission statement? I think I'll leave it at that. So, apparently, IVs, according to Novitsky, is not outright banned, that there are certain specifications. Here's the quote from Nowitzki. They have a specific rule that IVs are banned completely for rehydration purposes. So, it wouldn't matter the volume. It wouldn't matter if there was a medical professional there. per ban was the IVs. So basically that there are certain circumstances but apparently according to Vitsky, it was not for uh it was not for a rehydration purpose but then and the reason all that came out was because Zan not long after our episode last week where we talked about this segment came an interesting statement from Ali Abdelaziz who is a Fight, who is a manager for... I don't know, Zan. How many fighters in the sport? A lot. Every big name that you could think of, minus a couple. Um, and Ali put out a tweet that he very quickly deleted, saying, quote, For all those idiots out there, any fighter under the UFC banner can take two to three liters of IV as long as it's done by a nurse or professional. Next week, I'm going to expose everybody. Islam Makashev is the pound-for-pound king. Which, by the way... Uh, Ariel Helwani quote tweeted the deleted tweet and said, he deleted it because someone, I would think, told him he was incriminating himself with this tweet. You can't take two to three liters by a professional or not. It's 100 milliliters per 12 hours, among other details. Massive difference. So after all this, Dan, your thoughts? I mean, you had the commission of clearing Makachev. But then you've got that tweet from Ali, which is, does things look sketchy? Do you put Islam in the clear? What do you think?
0: I mean, I think if the head of the UFC's anti-doping project, if you will, Jeff Novinsky, is clearing the UFC lightweight champion of any wrongdoing, then, I mean, that's the highest level you could go that isn't a commissioner like for for the Athletic weather commission, so you kind of have to assume that what Navinsky's saying is true. Do you, do you not?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, there's no credible evidence, like we talked about last week. It's just a accusation out of yeah. nowhere. The only, and San, you mentioned the commission. The commission also cleared him. The only thing that's sketchy, San, that's that it's all coming after that deleted tweet from Ali, and I don't know where Ali was getting that number from about taking liters when then you've got Helwani saying it's milliliters. So, could Ariel be right in that maybe it was 100 milliliters or it was certain circumstances that wasn't for rehydration? Uh, could very well be.
0: I mean, when is the last time you saw Ariel Helwani get anything wrong? I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that what he's saying isn't true because it probably is, right?
1: Right. But that also leads me to the question of, you know, if then why did Ali tweet what he tweeted? Because Ali
0: Abdelaziz is Ali Abdelaziz. Anybody, anybody you know who's who that guy is, he always tries to stir the pot, whether he's factually right or wrong. Shoot, I even asked him um, what his favorite fight was of all time on Twitter several months ago and his reply to me was all of them. So (laughs) even when and even in the brief two minute interaction with him at Bellator 288 before I took the picture with them, he was talking like 30 miles an hour to the point where I didn't really understand what he was saying. So I I I think it's I think it's just Ali being Ali. I really I really do.
1: Okay. By on my own but I was just questioning it because what he was tweeting was basically, as I mentioned, implication that his fighter, in this case, Islam Makashev, was doing something against the rules. It's like, why put your fighter in that situation?
0: You never know. You just you don't you don't know.
1: It's it's completely it's completely baffling. But maybe he just didn't fully understand the rules. I I, I don't know. I don't so know either. It's it's a question. I I think, fortunately, there's not going to be too much more to that story. Hopefully, it seems like now that the commission and Novitsky have cleared Islam, that situation's put to bed. And in spite of his mom telling him to wrap it up, hopefully Islam, you know, by May, June, maybe August the latest, we get another title fight between him and whoever, whether it be Poirier or somebody else. Very well said. Yep. Um... Speaking of fights, so, Zan, let's move into the second part of our news conversation. We've got fight announcements. So, Zan, Bellator heading back to the island of Hawaii. They're going to do their usual two-show event, one taking place on the Friday, the other taking place on the uh, Saturday. We're going to have Bellator 294 to take place at the Place Del Arena in Honolulu. Same thing for 295. Bellator 294 so far will include. Arlene Blancow versus Sarah McMahon. In a featherweight fight. Timothy Johnson said Salma in a heavyweight fight. And the main event for the women's flyweight championship. Liz Carmouche to defend the title. Against Deanna Bennett. Then the next day Zan Bellator 295. The big one. We've already got. Quite the prelim card for this one, Zan. We've got Kai Kamaka the third competing on that card. We've got UFC veteran Yancey Medeiros competing on the prelims of Bellator Two Ninety Five. Davion Franklin, who is a Bellator top prospect that I've gotten to talk to a couple of times, he'll be competing on the on the prelim card against Casamaras, Bobby King as well. Uh, two main card fights announced for that uh, card, Zan. You got Alima Le McFarlane taking on the former flyweight champion, taking on Kano Watanabe, which, Zan, I mean, if you are a fan of women's MMA, that fight is must-watch. It's must-watch. And then you've got the big one, which I have on the graphic here. The finals of the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Rafion Stotts defending the interim Bellator Bantamweight Championship against Pachi Mix. The winner to unify the title with Sergio Pettis to be announced.
0: And that, my friend, is a coin flip of a fight if I've ever seen one, between Stotts and Mix. That could go multiple different ways, and that's going to be an action-packed fight. I can't wait for it.
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, this is already shaping up, especially, Zan, that second card, Bellator 295, is shaping up to be Quite possibly one of Bellator's biggest cards of this year, considering the names that are competing on the prelims, considering the fact that you've got, as you mentioned, Stotts versus Mix, the interim champion, one of the best weights in the world, taking on a guy in patchy mix. Suzanne came this close just a couple of years ago to being the undisputed uh, champion against uh, Juan Archuleta, now getting another shot here. And then could you imagine, San, either Patchy Mix taking on Sergio Pettis or Rafion Stas take, having to take on his boy in Pettis?
0: Yeah, and and you know the whole um, adage in MMA, if you will, where teammates don't fight teammates, but that would be something where there could be a little bit of a uh, a conflict or a build up or maybe a refusal to fight one another if that happens to be the case.
1: I mean Sam, we're looking we're looking at that over in UFC's Bantamweight division where you've got um mm-hmm. Marab
0: and Sterling.
1: Yeah, where Marab is basically refusing to fight. And now you got Marab basically acting you know what I compare Sterling and uh Marab to Zan. It's kind of like in professional wrestling where you've got this stable or you've got the cowardly heel champion taking with a uh Bodyguard of sorts, and it's like, okay, you have to beat the bodyguard before you get to the champion. That's what it feels like. Feels like gatekeeping in a way.
0: Oh, for yeah. sure, one hundred percent. But nonetheless, Bellator's got some stacked cards coming up, and they also have another one coming up this weekend that is highly, highly underrated. Which we will, which we will get to as well.
1: Yeah, it's the card that's, and I know we'll talk about the three. Um, main events of this weekend in just a little bit, but I think I'm more excited for that than the UFC card. I'm more excited about for Paul versus Fury. I'm excited about that Bellator card. That Bellator card, people are sleeping on.
0: I uh, no offense, but I'm a little bit more excited for Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury than of than you are. Than you are. Than you are. Of course you are. And, uh, it, and it's and it's nothing against Bellator. It's just. I and and I know I I have to be impartial, but I just I really 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 want to see Jake Paul lose this weekend. So, so that that's just that's just me, but yeah, I will be very in tune with Bellator to see how that plays out. It should be a phenomenal um main event, which we'll cover all of it in a little bit, as you said, but yeah, Bellator's got some banger uh cards coming to Hawaii in April. That's for that's for sure. For sure. I'll say
1: babies and I mean. I guess that goes with the question, Zan. Of do you think Bellator can do a better job with its promotion of cards?
0: Oh, 100%. Cause one hundred percent.
1: Because I feel like one
0: hundred percent, and even and and they even follow me on Twitter. So no offense to any of our great PR friends over there, but they they even follow me on Twitter, and sometimes I don't even,
1: I don't even know when the cards are. <laughs> I mean, Zan, I just I just think you know it said that that there are these amazing Bellator cards, or these underrated Bellator cards, and then meanwhile, you've got the UFC who will go all out, Zan, to promote a card like we had last weekend, headlined by Aaron Blanchfield and Jessica Andrade, which, by the way, Zan, I I, I am very tempted to actually give that card an F. I think that was one of the worst cards I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) Wow! Um, I'm I'm tempted to give that a D, and by the way, the William Knight fight was so bad <laughs> that I actually thought the fight was in the third round when it was, when it was, only, when it was only in the second round. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad it was.
1: Speaking of bad, Sand, you know what I just realized has just passed? Thanks to our uh, Facebook memories.
0: What did you just realize?
1: Yeah, that we just passed the 7th anniversary, and of a very infamous Bellator card. And with that, a very infamous Bellator fight. Kimbo Slice versus Five 5000. Yep.
0: Do you remember where you were for that fight? Because I, I, I do. I remember where I was.
1: Zan, absolutely. You know where I was? So, I was watching... Actually, that day, Sam, I was that night I was at a college basketball game and, you know, I was on my college, undergrads campus and I was just so unamused by the uh, performance that the basketball team was putting in that I said, you know what, I'm wasting my time here. I need to watch this Bellator card. Because it has two. Because this was when it was all you know. They were going all out for the promotion of Kimbo versus Dada, and then the main event, which was Ken Shamrock versus Uh, Hoist Gracie. And I would, and I wanted to go there, but just because I know Hoist Gracie was older. But it was like you know, for me as a 21 year old fan, born you know. Almost exactly one year after the first UFC event, it's like I I never got to see Hoist Gracie fight live, uh, you know, as it aired on TV. So I said, "I'm not passing up this opportunity." The best, the men's basketball team was sucking. I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna go watch uh, this Bellator card." And then I said, "Did I make a mistake by doing this? Because then Kimbo Sliceers is done up by thousand. I was laughing my ass off watching that fight."
0: you I think you did make a mistake. I think you did.
1: I I I can't say That was that night I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> Zan, in the in the words of data 5000 himself, you know what I saw that night, Zan? I saw explosivity at its finest. Aggression. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone <laughs> fly my back. One force drama. <laughs> uh, I, I like. I, I like what the Montage King is. It was like watching two fighters fight underwater.
0: Oh, that's literally what it was. I have to ask, who did the Ryder Basketball team play, and how much did they lose by? Uh,
1: I gotta look. What was it February 19, twenty sixteen? See, that's how much it is. It's ingrained into my brain that date. <laughs> Oh my god.
0: That's, Let me me look that off. that's me with March 6, twenty two. My last Illinois men's basketball game in undergrad where I stormed the court against Iowa. That's a that's a date that will live in my head for forever until I go until I go to my grave, just like Zen. February nineteenth,
1: twenty sixteen does for you. Well February nineteenth does for not because of Riders Basketball, but because of the Campbell slicers and five thousand. By the way, okay. They played. They played Siena and lost eighty four sixty four. So you, so you, so you saw a horrible game. I saw a horrible game. I'm trying to think because I want to say I left at the half. What was the? Uh, I can't tell what the score was at the half. Oh, hang on Sports Reference with the box score. Uh, <laughs> with
0: the box score. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> well, the their record that year was eleven and seventeen. Okay. Uh actually it doesn't have the half score. Never mind. is I just remember being done at the half? Did you go as a fan or a reporter? Uh as a fan. Oh, they were down 46-36 at the half, but I think I left a little bit before the half because I was like they aren't doing anything. Okay. Uh man. Uh <laughs> Let's go on to the, let's go to the PFL very quickly, Zan, because the PFL, its 2023 season is going to officially start, Zan, on April Fool's Day. Yes, April Fool's Day, headlined by the current uh, PFL featherweight champion from last year, Brendan Logue taking on Marlon Marais.
0: Yeah, it's a, um, this is a weird matchup. A Dana White contender series reject versus a former title challenger. And uh, it's kind it, of it's kind of weird to see that, right?
1: Yeah. And by the way, uh, looks like it's going to be PFL one this year will be light heavyweight and featherweight because that's the featherweight main event. You've also got Movlid um, Kayabula taking on Ryoshi Kudo and Chris Wade taking on Chris Wade taking on Baba Jenkins. I love that fight.
0: Yeah, it's a decent and PFL. Did, we, goal. did early- we see that last season? I'm pretty sure we did. Uh
1: two seasons ago actually. Chris Wade taking on Bubba Jenkins.
0: Alright, we got a rematch. I like that. Very interesting. Uh my early prediction is Marlon Moraes by submission. What do you what do you think?
1: Uh Marlon Moraes has been a little shaky in his his last matchups with the UFC and his first matchup with Shaman Morais in PFL. I'm I'm actually gonna lean I'm gonna lean to log name by decision.
0: Oh, that's so boring. And so under is no. Of course, you would take Brendan White by this because you don't think Marius has a chance. You have to remember he used to be one of the best in the world in his
1: division. He's just. Zen, through, I'm not thinking with my heart. I'm thinking with my brain.
0: He's going through a little slump. Don't worry about it. He'll be. He'll be. He'll be all right. I well, Let me yeah. see.
1: We'll we'll find out at the F L one. By the way, the light heavyweight main event, which is the co main event of the evening. Tiago Santos, the former light heavyweight title challenger for the UFC, taking on uh, Rob Wilkinson, who I believe, yeah, was the light heavyweight champion last season.
0: Wow. That is that is wild. Okay, so then that leads me to my next question. What's better, the rumored Gamebred FC4 card in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or this card?
1: Honestly, probably the Gamebred card. Although, Zan, I – Zan. I'm not even going to be around to watch any of this live. I'm not going to watch PFL live. I'm not going to watch the gay bread card live. I'm not even going to watch WrestleMania night one live. I got picking Yankee Giants tickets that day. That's right. And
0: you'll miss, uh, oh, well, you won't miss any basketball, will you? College basketball?
1: I might. I, it's a four o'clock Eastern game. So I might get out in time to watch one of the uh, final four matchups. Okay, cool. I'll have a lot to catch up on that weekend.
0: Uh, yeah, you will. You might have to catch up on my adventure if I decide to go to GameBread FC4 to cover it. and if I, Could you imagine if I got to see Roy Jones Jr. in person? Oh, my goodness.
1: That'd be amazing. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so, Zen, actually, we're going to move on now. to It's very convenient that this story is coming up soon because more reports starting to come out. I follow the score, the platform of the score, who is now officially reporting on this that uh, according to MMA Junkie, the, uh, I'm reading it from uh, Nick Baldwin of The Score, it is official. Charles Oliveira versus Benil Tarayush is agreed to. It is both sides have verbally agreed to the fight. It will serve as the co-main event for UFC 288 in May. We On May 6th, we have no location yet. Don't know if we're confirmed venue or location. It will be a contenders fight, number one versus, I believe, Darius is number four. No interim belt on the line. Reason, Zan, this is probably the co-main event, is because, as I as the story I has originally had at Zan, Charles Oliveira posted the news to social media originally. Um, and the graphic had him versus Darius on the bottom. And on the top, you had Aljamain Sterling and his uh bantamweight championship and then on the other side Zan, you had Henry Cejudo holding the two championships he had before he eventually dropped one I mean uh vacated one and retired the other and retired with the other and san more reports starting to come out from MMA fighting and other sources the fight that was targeted for 287 and now 288 is looking more and more official Aljamain Sterling to defend the Bantamweight Championship against Henry Cejudo, who would come out of retirement after three years away from the octagon to challenge to get the Bantamweight title back.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, this is a legacy fight, man. It's to determine who the best Bantamweight of all time is. And, uh, you know, um, I guess you could say uh, Bend the Knee is back.
1: <laughs> um, Triple um... C is back. And Triple Cringe is back.
0: He's back and he's back in a big way, and uh, I think Sterling is going to get viciously finished in this fight. And it's going to be it's going to be a very crazy sight to see because Sagudo probably going to see something goofy afterwards. And Tom, I just got to tell you, these next four to five UFC pay-per-views, the main events are just massive. It just feels like every single pay-per-view this year so far. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We're going to this ultimate climax, and we're not even at the year where UFC 300 is taking place. Jesus, these are the fights leading up to UFC 300, imagine what UFC 300 is going to be like.
1: Well, Sam, I mean, what's going to happen? My question is what's going to happen, say, come, I don't know, maybe August or, yeah, probably like August or so. Where, you know, we have one card that's kind of, you know, you, you look at the title fight and you're like, really? That's it? Like, you yeah. know, it, a, a fight headlines, you know, by, I don't know, mm-hmm. the next Amanda Nunes slaughtering at women's bantamweight. Or a light heavyweight championship main event because that division just gets weaker. Although, yeah. then, I mean, Tanner bozer dropping from heavyweight to light heavyweight reportedly I mean yeah you saw I don't know if you saw that graphics and that there's only like about 40ish heavyweights in the UFC's roster right now.
0: I did not know that but that that's a that's a very low number and a surprising number.
1: I mean the not the, the number of it was somewhere between like somewhere around 40 or 50 UFC heavyweights which is pretty low. So but it's like heavyweights still I would consider more entertaining than light heavyweight. I would say Maybe so too. At, at least until Yuri comes back, and even when Yuri comes back, uh, like I said, so like I said, I mean, UFC is going to be, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, not this weekend, obviously, but next weekend when John Jones finally makes his heavyweight debut. Uh, as far as this card goes, in, are you more excited for Sterling Or Are you more excited for the lightweight contenders' fight between Oliveira and Dariush?
0: Uh, the, lightweight, the lightweight contenders fight, I would say, that just has higher stakes. I don't know. That's just me, though.
1: I, I mean, I, I could agree, Zan. I mean, there's the potential. I mean, obviously, the month before 287, you're going to have Gaethje Fiziev in the co event, which could also determine the challenger to um, Makachev. But then you've also got this matchup, which you could also play a role in determining who gets Makachev next. Uh, so that I'm going to agree with you. I think Oliveira versus Dariush is more of the must-watch fight for me. Um, any early predictions for either of these two fights? I, I know you said the Sterling Cejudo one. But what about Oliveira-Dariush? Uh,
0: yeah, I like Oliveira here, but I uh, would not be surprised if Dariush is able to get the win. I just think Oliveira's experience and ground game is going to dictate how the fight goes. But Dariush is no slouch. Um, he, would be a solid, he would be a solid underdog bet. And I would not be surprised if either of these guys won. I I just think oliveira's hungry to get his belt back. So
1: I I, I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to Oliveira right now. I think Oliveira versus Darius. Obviously the obviously UFC 288 is just shaping up right now. We don't have a full card for that, but Oliveira versus Darius would be quite the uh, you know favorite pick for a fight of the night pick. As you far never
0: as you never know based on Islam. Uh, the Islam news, you never know when the winner of this fight could get promoted to uh to whiteweight champion. If if words comes to
1: words, you never you never know. As far as Sterling versus Cejudo goes, Zan, I mean, it, it, it would be so of a UFC thing if Cejudo, maybe, I don't know, lost the first round against Sterling and then just blasted him in the second round or something.
0: Or it would be the most Aljamain Sterling thing ever if he pulls out the week before the fight.
1: I'm I'm going to say no on that one. I think this fun's going to happen. He wouldn't, he, they would not, you know, it, it can't happen to a legacy fight like this. As much as I would like to see Oliveira Darius, but then Zan, you know what's going to happen? They're going to make an interim title just for the hell of it. Of course they will. Because
0: um, Tom, Tom, there are very few UFC events with a number attached to its name. That 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 does not have a belt attached to them. And uh, the, the only ones, ones that-
1: they allow for that these days are the Conor fights, right? Um, yeah. I'm I'm for whatever reason I'm going to lean to Cejudo. I mean, it's not that every UFC fighter who goes away, you know, comes back and ends up coming back strong. I mean, Dominic Cruz when he challenged Cejudo in Cejudo's retirement fight was his first fight in years and. He just didn't have a really good performance. But then you look at Zan, your GSP, who retired. I mean, who went away for four years and ends up coming back strong. You've got John Jones, who it's going to be very interesting after three years away, how he'll look next weekend against Don. And then you're going to have this. Uh, Yeah, I think Cejudo. I think, Zan, we could see something play out very similar to what happened when Cejudo bought... uh, Marlon Morais. when Moraes won the first couple rounds, and then Cejudo just had this really dominant third round where he finishes. I could see Cejudo dropping a round, and then second, third round just finishes Sterling.
0: It's a very good possibility. Either way, UFC 288 is shaping up to be a good card, and I guess the only advice I have for any pay-per-view buyers out there who are looking ahead in some of these pay-per-views to spend your money wisely.
1: Yeah, this is going to be... I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like we said, when you got... Next week, you got Jones gone. Two weeks later, you have Usman Edwards three. Uh, three weeks after... I think it's three weeks after that, you've got uh, 287 with Adesanya Pereira two. And then you've got this card coming up in May.
0: So, Tom, uh, I, I have to put you on the spot. Are you... Are you buying all of these cards? Are you going to any of these cards? What are you What are you doing?
1: Uh, buying.
0: Okay. Okay, I was, just, I
1: was just curious. I mean, I don't know. I would like to go to one of these cards one day, but I don't feel like putting in for all the travel.
0: Even if the 288's in Brooklyn, you wouldn't go to that fight?
1: Well, we don't know if two eighty eight is going to be in Brooklyn. No, right but I'm now. saying I'm saying if, it is, if it if it goes, to I'd be Brooklyn. tempted if I'd be tempted to go if it was in Brooklyn. I would be tempted to go. I I just don't think it is going to be in Brooklyn because of what we talked about off air, where I think the they're going to look at the NBA schedule and the potential of the Brooklyn Nets potentially being involved in the playoffs. That I don't know if you know it's going to necessarily work out.
0: Well, unlike you, I've been I've been lucky enough to attend uh 10 UFC events um unfortunately I won't be going to any of these because they're not they're not close to me unfortunately but I will say that um that going to a pay-per-view any pay-per-view no matter who the main event is is a, is a thrill I was lucky enough to see Henry Segudo's second to last um uh title win when he beat
1: Maurice yeah. <laughs> it all circles back to Marlon Moraes
0: so I was there I was there at that event uh there's no other crossover that we talked about in terms of who else um is on these cards, but I will say, Tom, that uh when you get a chance, my friend, if you go to a if, if if you can go to a UFC event, I would highly, highly recommend it. I try to make it out to one a year, didn't make it out to one a year ago, unfortunately, but it's it's something I would highly, highly re- recommend at some point. It's definitely a bucket for, I've Been lucky enough to see a lot of pretty cool championship fights, but yeah, if you can, if you can go to 288, and 288 is in Brooklyn, I would definitely consider it.
1: For sure. Uh, speaking of finishes, then we had it for as bad as last weekend's UFC was. Yeah, an interesting finish. Aaron Blanchfield finishing Jessica Andrade, submitting her in the second round.
0: Yeah, it's a shocking win, and uh, it's hard not to love Erin Blanchfield as a future champion in that division, and she beat one of the best you know, female fighters on the planet and did it rather easily. Uh, for people who didn't know where Blanchfield was a week ago, they definitely know who she is right now. That's for I sure. Think,
1: yeah, I think this is a big win for her. And, San, I mean, as much as we're promoting, you know, hey, whatever happened to Ty Santos now, granted, uh, Alexa Grasso is going to get the next title shot very soon against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, I look at this win, Zan, this early you know, before the halfway point of the fight win, a submission of Jessica Andrade in spite of people saying you know, that Andra Blanche had lost the first round. Zan, this is where I have to pull on the Dan White card to say title shot. You got to give her the Grasso Shevchenko winner.
0: Agreed. 100%. And, uh, and it should be a, it should be a no brainer for the UFC, and I'm sure and I'm sure they know that.
1: Uh, as far as Andrade goes, I mean, Zan, this is pretty devastating. This is a fight that's going to drop her in the rankings by quite a bit. And I know, oh, I know this was a short notice fight for her. I give her that credit. And I know last uh, it was just last month, Zan, where she dominated Lauren Murphy. But I mean, and she called out Waley Zhang for a strawweight title fight, Zan. But given that, and given this loss uh, here, Zhang, do you think Andraj needs to drop down to strawweight too? Because she had won the fight at flyweight last week. I mean, last month against uh, Lauren Murphy. But obviously, wants the strawweight title fight, she was the former champion, slammed, uh, knockout, slammed Rose Namajunas to win the title, and then her first title fight lost in very quick fashion to Waley Zhang over in China in 2019. Uh Zan, if you are Andrage, do you drop back down to strawweight to try and solidify that title shot to again get over this loss of Blanchfield?
0: Uh, I think you gotta take some time off. I mean that's a that's a devastating loss. Uh, she's proved a ton in the sport. Uh it would be nice to see her move back down, but I honestly think it needs to be up to her before she really makes a decision of what she wants to do, in my opinion.
1: I only say that because I think if she stays a flyweight, even if she was going for a strawweight title shot, I, I don't know if we get that title shot now after a loss like this. And unfortunately, Zan, I know this was a short notice fight, but that's the risk that comes in this sport.
0: Uh, without without a doubt, uh, um, I mean it's just one of those things where she's going to have to warm from it and come back stronger. She probably knows she's the better fighter anyway, but it just it is it is what it is.
1: All right, let's talk about Zan this weekend. Let's start. I know this is technically the Sunday card, as you correct me before, but I feel like it is still the fight that most people are going to be talking about, much to my chagrin. But Jake Paul taking on Tommy Fury on let's Sunday. Let's go! It's finally
0: happening. Let's go! <laughs> We've been waiting for it. Let's go! <laughs>
1: How long have we been waiting for this? Year plus.
0: We wait for a year and a half. Let's go. <laughs>
1: The time for talk is over. (laughs) Well, I mean, here it is Jake Paul taking on Tommy Fury. Jake Paul Zan is actually taking on a boxer.
0: He is actually. For the first time, he's fighting. He's not
1: facing a washed up MMA fighter. It's
0: a good point. It's true. The question, the question is:
1: Is will these two knuckleheads make it to Sunday? That's the that's the question. Zen. Here's what I'm telling you: If tonight, the night we're recording this, before the show goes up, we're recording on Tuesday afternoon for Wednesday morning. If on Tuesday night we get a news report that Paul versus Fury is <laughs> off, I'm going to take this tablet right here and I'm going to slam it against the wall <laughs> multiple times. And are you going to break the tablet in the process probably
0: um. well, well i would not well, i would not recommend doing that uh, you do you do you but i would not recommend doing that however it would be an absolute tease it would be a it would be a it would be a uh it would be a shot to the heart if you will if that if, if, if that actually happened
1: do you remember Zant when our very one of our very first episodes, we were talking about Conor McGregor, and then after the recording, it turned out that he was coming back. You know, because he had one of those other brief retirement things. And I just posted the headline, and I did the uh, Curb your enthusiasm music. I would yeah. do that again if 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 Paul versus Fury is canceled before this episode airs, I will do that again.
0: And then and then do you remember? Uh, and then do you remember the video that he posted with the caption, "The the biggest comeback in sports history."
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. And we'll see about this fight. Oh, by the way, Zan, there's an extra stipulation here before we get, talk about predictions.
0: Okay. So, well,
1: Mauricio Suleiman, the head of the WBC, the World Boxing Council, has come out and said, with a win, Zan, Jake Paul is going to be a ranked cruiserweight fighter.
0: And I was the one who sent this to you on behalf of our friend Michael Benson. So, I want to ask you this question before I give my response. Fair or foul, does Jake Paul deserve to be ranked by the WBC with a win, or do you think it's a load of absolute bullshit?
1: <laughs> does that answer your question? Oh, jeez, I have to move Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah it does. Um, I think from the response that you just gave, I think you think it's foul, my friend. You don't think that this is a good
1: idea at all. No! Dan, he, he look what he's beating. Ben Askren. Tyra Woodley. Nate Robinson, who's not even a boxer or combat fighter. He's a basketball player. He's a New York Nick, And I'm not surprised he ends up getting knocked out in that kind of fight. To the tone of Snoop Dogg on commentary. <laughs> um, uh, and now Tommy Fury. Who, I mean, Zan, let me just pull up Tommy Fury's profile here. I mean, half-brother to Tyson Fury. But, I mean, let's see. He's only a no... does not exactly, you know, font anybody of potential notes except for the fact that you know, he's going to be taking on Jake Paul. Yeah. So so, so let me ask you, is the WBC saying huh, you know what? I mean, he's beating, he's fighting a Fury. It's not Tyson, but we can pretend it is and we can just rank it.
0: I guess you could. Oh, by the way, in case you're curious, the pay-per-view price point in the United States—oh, god, is a, let me
1: know—is
0: a old-school UFC standard-definition price of forty-nine
1: ninety-nine. I actually got very worried. You know, like I, I don't like the price, but you know what? I was worried they were going to charge fifty-nine or sixty-nine. I, 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 I—that's I, a little bit of a relief. I would think 39 would be more appropriate considering these fighters, but I guess because it's Jake Paul and he has the worldwide audience outside of combat sports, all right.
0: Now, why do you think this fight is on a Sunday? That's my next question.
1: I don't know. I mean, at the very least, thankfully, it's Sunday afternoon because, I mean, the fight's taking place over in the Middle East. Why is it it on a Sunday? It is a
0: Sunday afternoon. If I thought it was I thought it was here, over here. Right. I, I thought it was Sunday night over here, but it's Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, Sunday okay. afternoon over here.
0: Now Tom, will you uh will, will you fork up the money or will you find other means to watch this uh clown fest?
1: I have to think about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to think about it. You have to think about it! If
1: I'm purchasing this, am I supporting this, Sand? And I don't want to support this. <laughs> Wait, Sand, you never, you never answered the question. Fair or foul? should he get this WVC ranking if he wins?
0: Of course not. I'm not that. I'm not that dumb. Of, of course not. It doesn't make any sense. We—he just went through his whole resume. It doesn't make logical sense. If he had fought real boxers, meet real boxers. Sure, screw it, rank him. I don't care, but he is not fought real boxer. So why why would you rank somebody who isn't fighting real boxer? It doesn't make any sense.
1: Doesn't make any sense and
0: it would be it would be it would be like it would be it would be like it would be like um it would be like uh Brock Lesnar uh, dropping down in weight and deciding, yeah, I'm gonna become an NBA basketball player. And as long as I scored this many points in my rookie year, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be categorically ranked. It's like, no, Brock, that's not how it works.
1: Hey, hey, remember Brock Lesnar did try his hand at the NFL after WWE, and he almost oh, made the Minnesota Vikings. You sure did. Um, but Zen, I mean, just. So with a win over Tommy Fury, what, are we going to get, is he going to get a title shot against Makabu next? Because he's the WVC Cruiserweight champ?
0: That happens, oh my goodness. That's going to be a circus. Shoot, I, 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 might have to, I might have to go to that fight no matter where it is, just to see, see how bad the circus is.
1: So if, so if Paul versus Magabu actually happens, and it happens over in Saudi Arabia's end, you're going to take a flight over there.
0: Hey never see never
1: (laughs) Okay. What is your prediction?
0: Okay, in all seriousness I do think Tommy Fury wins a decision. It is a it's a twelve round fight, right?
1: Yes, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Let me double
1: check. (laughs) (laughs) Let me check there's no screwiness with that either.
0: If it's, if it's eight rounds, that might change my prediction. But if it's 12, then I might stick with it.
1: It's eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's, he's winning. Paul is winning this fight by decision. Actually, okay. hold on a second, Zan. I can't even assume that Makabu is going to end up being the champion. You know why? I just realized the co-main event of the evening, he's defending the title against Badu Jack.
0: Yeah, he could easily lose that fight to Badao Jack and isn't Badao Jack a former training partner of Floyd Mayweather? Isn't that and isn't former, that right?
1: and I believe a former light heavyweight champion.
0: Very interesting. By the way, I might be more excited for the co-main event than I am than I am the main event. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Now that, my friends, is a boxing match. The fight at the top of the bill is not a boxing match, no matter how you slice it or dice it. But I'm not changing my prediction. I actually think Tommy Fury knocks Jake Paul out and gives him his first uh, real defeat.
1: Zan, that's what my heart says. My brain says no, that it's eight rounds. It's going to be Jake Paul by decision because, of course, it will. Oh, come on, (laughs) Zan, I'm rooting that you're right. I'm actually rooting for me to be wrong. Please.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I'm just saying... That is my prediction. I'm going out of the limousine. and Jake Paul is going to get knocked out.
1: Here's hoping. All right, let's talk about, Zan, some actual fights that are taking place this weekend. Here's the one I'm looking forward to, Zan. Undisputed Bellator welterweight title. Yaroslav Amoslav defending the title against Logan Storley. Zan, we haven't seen Amoslav in the cage for some time because he's been over in Ukraine helping his country out as they've been dealing with the Russian invasion for the past year.
0: That's exactly right. And he could have easily given up his championship, but he decided not to. And you have to give him kudos to putting himself before his career first. What do you think?
1: And, and, and Yeah, absolutely. Fighting for his country is absolutely brave. And according to the Bellator broadcast of Bellator 290 earlier this month, they were talking about this and said, apparently he got encouraged. Like, why are you here? You should go defend. Like, basically, Amasov is told that by uh, some people he was fighting with over in Ukraine that, you know, the place for you to fight for our honor is inside the Bellator cage. So, Sam, that leads my question. How, you know, is Amasov going to have any ring rust or, I should say, and slash or, is he going to have any extra motivation on his shoulders against Logan Storley?
0: You never know, and I wouldn't doubt it. I, I... I will say this either Amonslav is gonna out wrestle him and win a decision, or Storley's gonna knock him out. What do you what do you think?
1: I, I wanna lean towards the former. I, I know Amislav has been out of competition for a little while and Logan Storley is, you know, top prospect, but I'm gonna go with that. You know, he's gonna have and didn't Storley beat um MVP for the interim title?
0: Uh yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm.
1: I I, by the, I think, way, yeah. by the
0: way, this is an early start, eleven thirty AM on the East Coast, given that it's in Dublin on Saturday morning.
1: Very true, very true. So actually, Zan, you could watch Bellator, UFC, and Paul versus Fury, you know, and pay all attention to it. You uh, you don't have to turn your eyes off of anything.
0: No, that's that's pr solid. And there's a small showtime boxing card which we don't know enough about to talk about. So pretty much what we're saying is there's a lot of MMA this weekend, including a Cage Warriors card in San Diego. So there's there's a combat sports appetite for everyone this weekend.
1: Yeah, and and as we mentioned, there's not too much conflicting going around. So you can focus your attention all on one or two things at a time, which is great. One of the Absolutely. best one of the best uh kind of combat weekends. Absolutely. Um, but
0: I'm I like, gonna say I, um, I like love too that's
1: what i was going to say I, I agree i, I think uh, amosov like i said i think he's going to have such motivation on his shoulders i think it would be beautiful even if he, even if it's a wrestling kind of decision i think amosov by decision to unify the titles and retain
0: absolutely it should be a very exciting fight um, that's just one of two major mma events this weekend over on the over on the combat worldwide leader as Johnny Annick likes to call it. The UFC uh, remains in Vegas this weekend. Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann in the main event. Tom, your early thoughts on this, uh, on this highly underrated uh, fight that, in my opinion, is being underpromoted by the UFC. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's funny. We talk about that Bellator usually underpromotes its cards, but, I mean, this one also a bit underpromoted especially when you compare it to how much the UFC was going out for Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield last week. Um, you got Krylov, who's coming off uh, two straight wins to end 2022, a knockout of Alexander Gustafson, a decision over Volkan Uh, Oezdemir. uh Prior to that, he had losses to Paul Craig and Magomed Ankalaev, And then you've got Zan Ryan Span, who has won three or four, uh, over the past couple of years, Misha Serkinov he was submitted by Anthony Smith, went over Ion Kutilaba and Dominic Reyes. However, then there is something to note to watch out for. Uh, he did knock out Dominic Reyes back in uh, November at the Garden, two eighty one. However, Span actually missed weight for that fight, so that's going to be very interesting to see on Friday if Span is able to hit the two hundred six pound limit for this fight.
0: I think he will. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any troubling Instagram post showing that he won't make the weight at least he's at the moment, right? Correct.
1: I'm going to agree with you. Zane. I think it was a one-time slip-up. And I think, uh, I think Span's going to do it. I think he's going to have the knockout power to knock out Krylov.
0: Uh, really, what round are you predicting him to win the fight in? If it's a five-round fight, in your opinion? Maybe third. Okay. Interesting go third round
1: I, finish for Span.
0: I like Krylov to win the fight in the second round, but I could see it going either way.
1: It should be a very interesting matchup and should play a role, Zan, in seeing who can move up in the light heavyweight ranks, which, as we mentioned, pretty weak when it comes to the European. <sighs> uh, uh,
0: absolutely. And you thought that this week was packed with news. Next week is going to be even crazier, time isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, next week, Zan. We are going to have our big discussion, our big preview for the return of John Jones. And, Zan, by the way, you mentioned UFC staying in Vegas, staying at the Apex for this weekend. Next couple of weekends, Zan, they're going to stay in Vegas, but they're not going to be at the Apex. Firstly, 285, obviously, is going to be at the T-Mobile Arena. And then the week after, March, I believe that's the 11th, it would be. Yeah, they're going
0: to be at the the Virgin Hotels.
1: Yeah, the version hotels. kind of like an, that's going to give me like an old school fight night kind of feel. For
0: sure. Um, I think the reason that I've heard is because the Apex is getting renovations done.
1: That's, so that's very fair.
0: So that's why they, I, they get...
1: I... Sorry, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, no, you, uh, go, just... you, you go ahead.
1: Okay, I was going to say, I w- I'm going to buy that as well, that reasoning, because then the UFC is going to take this tour out of the Apex. Going to London for Edwards Usman three. Going to San Antonio for a card. They're going to be traveling quite a bit. after that.
0: They're going to Kansas City April fifteenth.
1: The that week before one, that, they're going to be in Miami for two eighty seven.
0: Yeah, that that Kansas City card. I'm uh I'm earmarking on the calendar, and if there's a way, I could either uh make the make the about there because that's the closest Midwest card at the very moment. Uh, assuming that the Chicago card doesn't happen sooner, but nonetheless, the UFC has a packed schedule coming up over the next few weeks. We can't wait to cover it all. Uh, but Tom, before we get out of here, I just want to know: March has been a prime month for big time UFC pay-per-views. Can you remember um, a March card that stands out to you that isn't Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz that you that you would describe as 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 memorable as we? What can go ahead to UFC 285 next weekend. I'm, I'm
1: curious. Uh, for better or for worse, Zan, um, the UFC, I think it was 248. Because, yeah, you had a really crappy main event in um, Israel Adesanya versus UL Romero. But then you also had probably the greatest women's MMA fight of all time in Zhang, Zante on Joanna Jacek. And, Zan, it was the last UFC card before the pandemic hit. That's exactly right. So it's kind of like that card seemed to, you know, it's it's the end of an era. It was the last card before the start of the empty arena era for UFC.
0: Yeah, and it was the last card before the start of the where is Fight Island going to be speculation.
1: Yeah. So for better or for worse, and circumstances, actually, for worse, that card sticks out in my mind for March.
0: Very interesting. Uh, mine would have to be—you'd have to go all the way back to UFC 111, same pair versus Hardy at the Prudential Center in 2010. Uh, oh, that's one that—that's one that sticks out to me pretty well, just because of the names you had on that card. Obviously, GSP versus Dan Hardy. Uh, John Fitch was on the card. Uh, Kurt Pellegrino was on the card. Frank Mir and Jean Carwin fought for the interim heavyweight title. That's a card that sticks out to me. That's not a Conor McGregor March card that I'll always remember.
1: I was going to say not a Conor McGregor card because obviously you also think of UFC 196 where Nate uh submitted him on short notice.
0: Right. That was the whole basis for my questions. What is non? What is one non-Conor McGregor March card that you could think of that sticks out to you? So 111 was the one that came into my mind.
1: But yeah. Very all right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the MMA Outsiders. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get notified of everything here on the Empty the Bench Network, from all of our stuff here at the MMA Outsiders to Fruity Cereal, Game On, ETB, and so much more. Make sure to follow us across social media at MMA Outsiders, ETB, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as the Empty the Bench Network itself at ETB Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's Sam Bando. You can find his work over at BJPen.com. Follow him at SamBando99. I'm Tom Albano. Find my work over at, Bandside at MMA. Follow me on Twitter at Thomas J. Albano, Tom Talk Sports 9 And that, Zan, is going to do it for another edition of the MMA Outsiders. We're also, Zan, uh, to give a little preview, we are looking to also get on with us either during an episode or at some side show, uh, I mean side episode, uh, Lucen Keita of the Octagon MMA, their lightweight champion. We're going to hope to get him on for a little interview with uh, you, Zan.
0: Yeah, I'm more than uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm excited to announce that exclusive. I'm very much looking forward to talking to him whenever that may be. So you'll be able to find a written piece on him shortly after that. You'll be able to find that at bgpen.com, and you'll be able you'll be able to find the video version of an interview right here on Empty The Bench Network. So it'll be nice to give one of Octagon MMA's brightest prospects um, the exposure that I think fans in the United States. Uh, We'll like to see he's a very exciting talent he just came off of a really nice win a couple of weeks ago against the against the top guy and featherweight moved down in weight to take that fight and uh yes yeah. and yeah,
1: i wouldn't even i sorry i wouldn't even say one of octagon mma's top prospects i would just say a top european pros mma prospect period
0: yeah that's that's very that's very well said i guess you could rephrase that and say uh a top European MMA prospect that maybe the American fans don't know, don't know much about. I'll say, I'll say that.
1: It'll be really interesting to have him on really exciting to have him on. So stay tuned to all the empty the bench network across our social medias for more information on all that. But next week's Zan, as we mentioned, we'll be talking a lot about the epic return of John Jones next weekend. But until then, that's in I'm Tom. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. And remember, the Joe Piper, Joe Piper,
0: B. Joe Piper, and of course, as always, enjoy the fights, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you right back here for installment, or as I should say, episode number twenty of the MMA Outsiders. And uh, we'll see you, then, thank you again for tuning in.